said when I ran for president, no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. It's already legal in many states, and criminal records for marijuana possession have led to needless barriers to employment, to housing, to educational opportunities. And that's before you address the racial disparities around who suffers the consequences. While white and black and brown people use marijuana at similar rates, black and brown people are arrested, prosecuted, and convicted at disproportionately higher rates. So today, I'm taking three steps to end this failed approach. First, I'm announcing a pardon for all prior federal, offense, federal offenses for the simple possession of marijuana. There are thousands of people who are convicted for marijuana possession who may be denied employment, housing, or educational opportunities as a result of that conviction. My pardon will remove this burden on them. Second, I'm calling on all governors to do the same for state marijuana possession offenses. Third, the federal government currently classifies marijuana as a Schedule I substance, the same as heroin and LSD, and more serious than fentanyl. It makes no sense. So I'm asking the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the Attorney General to initiate a process to review how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. Even as federal and local regulations of marijuana change, important limitations on trafficking, marketing, and underage sales should stay in place. Too many lives have been upended because of our failed approach to marijuana. It's time that we right these wrongs. Today is August 30th, 2023, and the remarks that you just saw were posted to YouTube on October 7th, 2022, and uh, the full statements were posted to the White House's webpage on October 6th, 2022. I apologize if the captions were blocked on the video that I just shared. I think Zoom, for some reason, was blocking the captions. I'm not exactly sure why, but now I'm displaying the full statement from President Biden on October 6th, 2022 on marijuana reform. The reason I bring this up is because today Bloomberg is reporting that HHS, a top official at the Department of Health and Human Services, wrote the Drug Enforcement Agency Administrator Ann Milgram calling for marijuana to be reclassified as a Schedule Three drug under the Controlled Substances Act, according to a letter dated August 29th, seen by Bloomberg News. This would mark a critical shift from its current status as Schedule One substance, which includes drugs with a high abuse risk like heroin. So, that's the breaking news today, and everybody's been asking, what does this mean? And hey, I don't necessarily have any answers for you today, but what I don't think it will mean, what I hope it won't mean, is a crackdown on the way that the states are currently approaching cannabis. And the reason I tend to think that that will not be the case is because, well, it's being moved to a lower schedule substance, right? It's going from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3, and we've been operating you know, under this system where we've been allowing states to sell a Schedule 1 drug, something we've determined to be, uh, I guess all drugs in Schedule 1 are the most dangerous and have the highest uh, risk of abuse. So that's how we've been functioning under a policy that many people point to called the Cole Memo. 
And, you know, I guess I just don't see anything changing with regard to that. You know, I just don't see anything changing with regard to how we um, deal with all this. I wanted to share a short clip that may have recently spurred this to happen. I apologize. I don't think I was playing the audio for that. I'm going to restart that clip. I believe this clip in combination with the article I'm about to share may have spurred uh, this all to come together. So let's actually play the clip with some sound this time. Here we go. Laws, yes, related to medical marijuana. So I guess my question is this. Why has the Biden administration not taken marijuana off the list of Schedule One drugs? So, Congressman, as you, as you know, the president had sent a letter to the secretary of HHS and to the attorney general to, to ask for the scheduling, descheduling process to begin. It's now with uh, HHS. They are in that process. They start, then they send it to DEA. We have not received it yet. That's encouraging. When do you expect to receive that recommendation from HHS? Uh, I have not heard of a timeline from them, um, so I don't, I don't know. Well, that's unsettling, isn't it? I mean, when you don't even know a timeline, it doesn't really make it seem like something's front of mind. We have constant conversations uh, with HHS and with FDA, but we have not been given a specific timeline. W will you leave this briefing and encourage HHS to give you a timeline on getting that information to you? I, I will ask. Thank you. And when you receive the work product from HHS, is there any basis that DEA would have to oppose the descheduling of marijuana as a, a Schedule One drug? So the way the scheduling process works um, under the law and the regulations is HHS does a review. They then send it to DEA. We then do what is known as an eight-factor review. There's an opportunity for public comment as well. And so we go through that part of the process. And so obviously we, we start with what HHS has provided us. We then go through our own review and a public comment process and then would come to a scheduling decision. And, and share with me, with the country, what your perspective is on what the outcome of that should be? Well, because I, I couldn't prejudge it at this point in time, I have not seen. Do you have a, do you have a personal view on whether or not marijuana should be a Schedule One drug? As the head of the DEA, I will ultimately be responsible for signing off on will, what the scheduling is. Will you consider is? in the analysis that, that's being done uh, the studies that pretty extensively show that in states, where there is medical marijuana access, there's a lower rate of prescribing these opioids that then can lead to addiction, which then can lead to the, the deaths that we've seen. You have my full commitment, Congressman, that I will keep an open mind. I will look at all the research. I expect that we will get you know, additional public comment or research that comes in, and I will look at all of it. And, Mr. Chairman, I'd seek unanimous consent to enter into the record a study conducted by 2 okay. PhDs. I think he's making a point about medical cannabis at this point. Um, but, you know, uh, that question was good. And it it reveals that there's actually opportunity. I didn't realize this until I watched this together with you guys, uh, that it, there's going to be an opportunity for public comment, which I think you should all stay posted for uh, as part of their eight-point factor review, right? So on August 10th, 2023, uh, three weeks ago, uh, MarijuanaMoment.net shared that 
the Biden administration had no record of the marijuana letter cited by the DEA head. By the way, folks, that was uh, Milgram, I believe her name is. Anne Milgram. Yeah, her name. If you were if you were not watching that part, if you were just listening, the voice of the woman from the DEA was Anne Milgram. And so this article from MarijuanaMoment.net, which is what I think ultimately led us to where we are today, uh, they reported that, you know, uh, the Biden administration had no letter that was cited by Ann Milgram. But, you know, I say that and I don't think that Ann Milgram, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like in that video, she said that they did not have the letter yet. So maybe I'm misunderstanding this report, but I really do feel like this ultimately led us up today. That line of questioning, whether or not you liked his approach or not, and this report, which claimed, which says, you know, we didn't have a letter that was cited during that testimony. I believe that is all, all of that led to a letter being dated August 29th from HHS to the DEA. I think the public pressure kind of cracked the whip on them. And so, the big question that everybody's asking that I feel like I already kind of tiptoed around is what what will this mean? What will happen? Again, optimistically, I hope that nothing happens. I hope that that we're able to continue our state um, experiments, if you will. You know, uh, we're laboratories of democracy, so we should be allowed to to do this. Um, I I don't feel like the federal government acknowledging that cannabis is not does not fit the mold of the most dangerous drug and highest abuse potential i don't think that because their attitude is changing on on how they classify it that it will necessarily get in the way of what we are doing as states but that's just me being optimistic i've read perspectives online of people saying that they think that this could mark the end of an era you know this could mark the end of all of these state-sanctioned activities we've seen uh, take off, you know, starting in California back in 1996, all the way up to Illinois and New York and and everybody that's you know started nowadays. Um, some people are predicting that this could be the end of it. Again, I don't, I don't understand where they're coming from on that, but maybe they know more than me, you know. Uh, I'm curious to know what do you all think. I just wanted to lay out for you all the breaking news and how we got to where we are today, or at least how I think we got to where we are today. And I'm hoping that what I've had to share was valuable for you. And I will see you in the next episode. Take care of everybody. And fingers crossed that this is only good news, you know, and not bad news. I'd hate to see any any steps backward. Let's keep moving forward. Take care, everybody.